Hey, what's up, everyone? Welcome to episode 34 of Conversations That Don't Suck. I'm so happy to be here with you today and to be talking to you on the final of five episodes on a series on underfelt, underappreciated, underprocessed emotions, the ones that are my very, very favorites, the things that I think are so valuable to the world, so valuable to ourselves as individuals, and honestly, our greatest connectors. So I'm happy to be finishing up this series, and today we're going to be talking about sensitivity. But before I dive into that, I wanted to just say a word of gratitude, a big, big thank you for all of the love on the launch last week for The Collective Unknown. It's been super successful so far. I'm really grateful for everyone who has signed up. We have over 100 people already just four days into the launch who have signed up for this project. And if you're not familiar with what I'm talking about, then The Collective Unknown is a project that I launched last Monday, and it is a an online platform for anonymous sharing, which is designed to cultivate connection and radical community building and introspection in a time when we really need to be more in touch with ourselves and we need a lot more connection in our lives and we need a space to be building community when it's so obviously so difficult to be doing that in person. And so the way that it works is that every other Monday there is a new question that's posted on the website and you can answer it anonymously and you can also read what other people have written. You can read everyone who uh, who posts an answer. is It's posted publicly on the website. And so you can read what others have shared for some inspiration and for some reflection, seeing how maybe you relate to what other folks have shared and other ways to maybe consider the question that you didn't think of yourself. And then every other Thursday, one of those responses will get chosen and we use that response to inspire an evening of connection. So an online event gets hosted and I facilitate different connection practices and meaningful conversations, both in large groups and in small breakout rooms on Zoom. And all of it is inspired by what this one person has shared. And yeah, seeing how what they have said relates to something that all of us have. And so I've been super, super grateful for all of the beautiful responses that have been shared so far. The question for this week is, where in your life do you need the most reassurance? And the the shares have been so vulnerable and so beautiful, and I'm just seeing myself so much in, in what other folks have shared, and I'm, I'm really grateful for the truth telling that's happening on that platform so far. So thank you again, everyone uh, who has signed up. And if you are interested to join, it is www.collectiveunknown.com. And I'll put that link in the show notes as well. So a little update just on what's happening in my world and how things have been feeling for me generally. Um, It's been interesting, like, as many of you know, in my work as a facilitator and and a speaker, uh, uh, you know, all of which has moved online now, for better or for worse. And uh, it's been interesting just kind of noticing the energy shift of folks um, now that we're, of course, all so used to Zoom. And I don't know about anyone else, but it's only really been within the last maybe two months or so that it's really sunk in for me like okay we're gonna be doing this for a lot longer than we thought and um yeah and and definitely some serious grief happening I think 
with the wildfires spreading across the West Coast, like that was just such a miserable period of time. I mean, they're by no means over, but when here in California, at least in Northern California, we like couldn't go outside for a couple weeks and it was just fucking awful. And that's, of course, like the least of anyone's worries. There's at least, you know, I was safe. Um, but I don't know, all these things, it's just like the climate and the political climate especially is feeling really stressful for me. And um, yeah, all these things I think are, are from what I'm a- assessing from myself and the people in my life who I love very much and from the folks who I facilitate practices for, uh, it seems like people's stamina is really just tanking right about now. And if you're in that boat, I love you. Uh, I'm, I'm there with you many days. And so it's interesting to me just seeing how our, our attitude and is changing. And I think in many ways, it's interesting because we like need connection more than ever in these instances when there is so much challenge and so much loneliness. And when we feel like there is so much to be done, it it can be so overwhelming and we self-isolate, you know, that's a super common reaction to stress is to do nothing. Um, so like we need connection more than ever and yet the opposite thing happens and I think actually our capacity for connection also tanks and I definitely fall into that boat as well. I've definitely told more than one person lately like you know what I actually cannot I know we had a, a Zoom date scheduled but actually I cannot do this because I just can't interact with the world right now. I'm feeling just the need to really cocoon and to nest and to be with myself and nobody else. That feels like the most I can be with right now. And it's it's an interesting thing that loneliness does to our brain chemistry. Um, super common reaction for us to become super self-centered uh, makes a lot of sense. We have to be hypervigilant uh, when we're in a state of loneliness. And from a primal state, there's a lot of really fascinating science behind that. But um I'm pretty much saying all this just as a reminder that like if you're in that place of feeling like holy shit the world is overwhelming and I just want to hide under the covers, uh, do that and don't forget that you still need people and people still need you. People still need you. Um, don't, Don't forget that there's such a strong need for connection and that all of this feels less scary when we are in connection with one another. And that the challenges that the world is going through right now, the world needs us to show up. The world needs us to be bigger and the world needs us to be louder, even just by 1%. Uh, and there's there's so much good that can be done and there's so much good that is happening. And I'm not saying like, oh, just pay attention to the good stuff and spiritually bypass all of the true horror that's happening in the world right now. Not at all, but just that there are so many things that can be done to help the people who need our help and to help you. Uh, And it's only when we decide to act in community that these things feel manageable. It, of course, is too much for one individual to be looking at the world right now and to, like, digest that. It's just too much. It's too scary. It's too big. And so I'm just inviting in yeah, it's an invitation for you to just be more with others and to do this in 1% increments, like make it easy for yourself to to be in connection with others, whether that's reaching out to one person a week who you haven't talked to in a while or 
taking one small action to help the political world right now. For me, I'm phone banking for one hour a week and it is a massive, beautiful community movement. Wow, I can't recommend it enough. The orgs I've been working with are Vote Save America and Next Gen America and it's just so incredible. Just so much beautiful energy behind getting people to vote and and speaking like you're just calling people and connecting with them all over the country it's amazing folks who have never considered voting before and you're just getting to know them getting to know their world a little bit and saying like hey there's some really important things happening and it's super easy to vote and you can really change the outcome of the entire world if you decide to take this really tiny action like what a beautiful way to be of service so um, I'll actually put those links um, for those orgs into the show notes as well. But anyways, I'm not here to talk about phone banking, but just that there are really small, beautiful, simple actions that we can take in community that help us to bring that sense of purpose, that sense of connection, that sense of of togetherness uh, into the world right now, which we so deeply need. The world needs us to be in community at this moment. The world does not need us as individuals. Okay, y'all, let's talk about sensitivity. Hmm. Speaking of, okay, in the spirit of sensitivity, I'm just going to take a moment to breathe. And yeah, I invite you to do the same. If it feels good to close your eyes and you're not walking, you're driving. And to just notice in your body where you feel really obvious points of tension. And without the need to change or manipulate or fix that. Just noticing where it is. Okay, thanks, y'all. That was good. I could do that for about 45 more minutes, but I won't have a podcast of just silence. (laughs) Um, So sensitivity, such a good one, such a big one. I really wanted to talk about sensitivity because it's a it's a an emotion that I hear so many people talk about with such a negative light like oh, I'm so sensitive or I'm so emotional and as I've said with the last four emotions that I've gone through in the last four weeks on this podcast this is mostly folks who have been conditioned as women who say these things and who say that any any piece of their emotions is like too much in some way as women are typically conditioned to believe that they are too much wow I think sensitivity is a really special one So maybe it's helpful first to define what sensitivity is, like what I mean by that, and then the reasons why it is so difficult for so many people to be with that inside themselves uh, and and what can be done about that. So when I'm talking about sensitivity, probably what what comes to mind for most people is like emotional sensitivity. Um, Maybe folks even who like call themselves an empath and yeah, people who sense that like they feel what other people are feeling. They can tell when other people are angry or upset. And I kind of have some, I feel like I've mentioned this maybe on previous episodes, like within the last four, but I can't remember. Um, I honestly, I used to call myself an empath all the time. And I think I was more so like projecting all over people. And I think that's actually the case with a lot of people who call themselves empaths, but not everyone. I mean, some people are super highly emotionally perceptive. Probably, I, I think we're better at reading emotions than we think in some ways and worse in other ways. Um, but when we're talking about being emotionally sensitive, I mean, like folks who can be 
reactive and I don't mean reactive in like a negative sense that kind of has a negative connotation not in that you're like exploding or just bursting into tears or something but that you just feel things like you feel the world really deeply and you when something is sad that you really feel the sadness and when something is hurtful you really feel that hurt and I definitely put myself into this camp. I think that we are born, we are born being emotionally sensitive. I mean, kids go through all kinds of emotions in a freaking day and we learn to shut that down. We learn to stop expressing ourselves. We learn to stop having those kinds of reactions because we're told they're inappropriate or they're childish or whatever it is. And it's not that we should go around crying all the time or that (laughs) we should be getting upset because someone moved an object when we didn't want them to but or whatever other kinds of shit kids are always getting upset about but (laughs) um it's that there is so much pain and so much joy and so much of everything that we're not allowing ourselves to feel so much of the time and often for very good reasons i'm not trying to shame anyone into like not having feelings like if you're shutting down, it's always for a very brilliant reason. And I want to be really clear about that. But for those of you who are highly sensitive uh, and you have remained in such a way, though none of us are really as sensitive as we were as kids um, or perhaps not permissioned to be as sensitive as we were as kids. Um, when we're talking about being emotionally sensitive, yeah, it's that you really feel things really deeply. And it could also be that you feel these things in your body. They come up as physical sensations. And so that's definitely the case for me. Like this morning, yeah, this is a great example. Even this morning in my meditation practice, I was noticing like my throat was feeling very, very closed. And I don't mean that like I was having some kind of allergic reaction where my throat was closing up, but rather like energetically, I just felt that my throat was very closed. And I started doing a lot of uh, kind of voice practices, I guess you could say, of just like letting my mouth hang open, hanging open and go like, ah, ah, like making a lot of weird noises to just open like the energy in, in my throat center. And so if you're sitting here and listening to this, you're like, you lost me. That is too woo woo. I mean, it's not because there's just an incredible amount of science on what kinds of trauma and emotional stuckness hides in the body, like almost all of it. And uh, there's only about, I don't know, 10% or less of what we are feeling is happening on like a mental, cognitive, conscious level. And the rest is in the unconscious, which is in the body and gets released in the body through the breath, through the voice, through movement, all these types of things. So Yeah, maybe you are a person who also feels deep sensitivity in your body. And that might be that, yeah, you're feeling your throat center close up. Or maybe that when something bad happens, you really strongly feel that reaction in your body. Like you feel your stomach dropping or your chest tightening or uh, a a sensation that I get. And I think I mentioned this in the episode with rage, like leading y'all through a bit of a, a somatic practice to get in touch with rage. But maybe you feel like a sense of like a snake almost wrapping itself around the center of your body. That's a sensation that I'll get sometimes when when something is feeling not feeling right for me. And a lot of this stuff will be like not a repeat from the rage episode, but a lot of it is aligned. And pretty much the reason that I'm doing these episodes is because I'm trying to allow people to get more in touch with these things and 
And if you're someone who is in the world and feeling like, oh, I'm too sensitive, it's not a good thing, uh, to understand that this is these things are superpowers and they are necessary and they're just not appreciated enough because especially in North America when we have such an individualistic society and it's so just rugged and do-it-yourself, there's this kind of unspoken mentality that goes along with that of you can't get ahead in your life. You can't get anywhere in your life if you are too sensitive, if you are spending too much time in your emotions uh, and it's it's not a productive place to be. You can't work hard enough if you are always feeling things so much. And I think folks who are big feelers, who are highly sensitive, might feel that way. I certainly do feel that way sometimes. Maybe not so much anymore, but years ago definitely had that mentality of like, it's a waste of time for me to feel these feelings. I certainly do still have that if I am feeling something that I have a lot of shame around. I'll sometimes give it that mentality of like, it's it's just a waste of time for me to sit in this feeling uh, if I'm feeling a lot of shame with it. And it's, it's, it's such a shame that that is the that that's the mindset because there's so much gold, gosh, especially in the things we have shame around. I thought about doing a shame episode um, f- in this five episode series, but there is an episode on shame with uh, with AJ Bond. You can go back and listen to that. That was released probably in like May sometime. Amazing episode. AJ is an incredible shame educator. So definitely recommend checking that out if you're struggling with shame. You want to get more in touch with all the things I've been talking about. It's a great episode to refer back to. But anyways... Um, yeah, oftentimes there's this sense that we cannot be feelers and also be doers in the world. And in reality, we need both. And we all are both. It's a matter of uh, unraveling and uncovering these things. Because again, we're, we just go through our lives as we continue to get older and are taught that it's not smart or productive or worthwhile to be inside of our feelings. And so one of the reasons that I think it is so painful for people who consider themselves highly sensitive, I think one of the reasons it's so difficult for them uh, is one, because of the mindset of the world of like, oh, you need to be more of a doer than a feeler, doer than a beer. Um, That's one thing. But also, I think it's that we aren't given the tools necessarily to learn how to be inside of those huge feelings. So oftentimes, if you are a person who was a huge feeler as a child like me, we are often not given the tools of like, wow, how do you feel all these things? Like truly, what are the steps we need to take in order to, I don't want to say the word productive because it's so fucking capitalistic, but uh, to effectively be inside of these feelings and move through them and let them be our teachers instead of letting them control us. I think that's a big thing that sensitive people feel is that their emotions control them. Um, and that they put other people off. I think that's also the big thing that we are so concerned about as big feelers is that other people won't understand this. Other people don't want to be around this. I generally think that that isn't true. I think we could all stand to let people in a little bit more. And I think there is some incredible wisdom to that, that there is not that much emotional intelligence in the world. And like, God willing, my, some of my work changes that a tiny bit, like by 1%, that would be amazing. Um, but yeah, that most people don't know how to handle big emotions when they're seeing them expressed from other people. I think there is some great wisdom in that. And that's another way that we learn to shut down because we are afraid that if we express this to other people, they will run away or they won't understand or they'll shame us. 
Um, and you, if you're feeling that, you've probably had some experiences of that as a young child. And so again, when we're young, we're not given these tools of how to be inside these feelings and what is the most effective way for us to let our feeler, let our feels be really big gifts and really big, beautiful teachers in our lives because that's totally what they are. So in terms of how I see the gift of being highly sensitive, um, and there, there's actually also, I keep getting sidetracked, but there's a great book <laughs> called, I think it's called Highly Sensitive People. Wait. Can I Google this right now in the middle of this podcast? Highly sensitive person. What's the book? The Highly Sensitive Person. It's a book. Okay, The Highly Sensitive Person. It is by Dr. Oh, what's the freaking Dr. Elaine Aaron? Yeah, okay. The Highly Sensitive Person by Dr. Elaine Aaron. I'll also put this in the show notes. Um, I read this book when I was in college and the director of the Jewish student organization on campus gave it to me. And she said, I mean, this the the director of this program, she's in her 60s probably. She's like, I read this many years ago and it changed my life, just having something to help me understand who I am and how I function in the world. And for me, it also was so eye-opening of like, holy shit, there are other people in the world who feel this way. And so this book, The Highly Sensitive Person, they define HSP, a highly sensitive person. They define this as not just someone who's who's emotionally sensitive, though, of course, that's a big part of it, but someone who's deeply sensitive to their surroundings. So anyone who knows me very well, who has been inside my home, knows that like I'm very, 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 very sensitive to lights and to sound. Like, holy shit. I go around my house. We have dimmers on a lot of our lights in our house, which I'm very grateful for. And I'll just go around at night, like dimming all the lights a lot because I just, I'm like, why are they so bright? Why are they so bright? It's not, I don't like it. Don't like it. And like, I live in San Francisco. It's very fucking loud. I live at the loudest intersection on the earth. I've mentioned this in like all of my podcast episodes because there's always so much noise happening on the street and it's really hard for me. And I'm certain it is not as hard for other people. I'm deeply sensitive to to the weather as well. Like the weather really affects me and I'm always freezing. Like even the slightest breeze, I'm like, it's freezing outside. And I think it's, I mean, here I am just, I'm, I'm going to model what I'm talking about earlier in this episode of like, I don't think other people enjoy being around that. I don't think the high, highly sensitive part of me is uh, always so easy for others to be around. But um. Now I'm coming full circle. The reason why it's difficult for highly sensitive people to be with themselves. Okay, here we go, y'all. First, full circle. We're doing it. Okay, I'm so glad I brought myself back. That was actually a miracle. Um, one of the reasons that I'm sitting here and saying like, oh, other people don't want to be around this. It's not attractive. It's annoying. It's not pleasant, whatever. Um, I think one of the big reasons for that, besides many of us as children, perhaps almost all of us as children, not being given the tools for that. And then of course, as adults, we typically don't learn them either unless we really seek them out is that, yeah, we don't understand how to parent ourselves. And it doesn't matter if you had like not so awesome experiences with your parent or parents uh, growing up, or if you had a really lovely childhood Um, It's kind of irrelevant because we still need to learn to parent ourselves as adults because our parents are typically not with us 24-7 as adults the way that they were when we were little tykes. 
And so, so much of our work as adults uh, is learning to be with those really, really sensitive parts. And I think one of the challenges that comes with that, and I, I use the word parts really intentionally, because those of us who are highly sensitive can often feel like, oh, this feeling is taking me over completely. Um, or I'm just feeling too much of a thing. It's like almost becomes your whole identity and personhood in that instant. And instead, learning to recognize, and this is something that can be really beautiful to attune to when you're a highly sensitive person, if you're already used to feeling, it's learning to really become more discerning with that. And so, like, what are the ways that you can more... Um, what's the word? More like finely recognize, more specifically recognize which part of you is feeling a specific thing. So I'll give you an example. I was spending some time with some people that I love very much this past weekend. And at one point I was like lying in a cuddle puddle. These are people who are in my, in my coronavirus pod okay i feel like there's so much defensiveness that has to happen now like oh i spent time with someone but don't worry i was careful about it these people are in my pod okay everyone um like lying in a cuddle puddle and at one point um someone got up and they're like oh like i have to like get up to go pee or something and and there was a part of me that was like no like don't go i want to like keep like cuddling, I want to keep touching, I want to keep being in this like emotionally intimate space with you. And I felt this like really strong wave of like abandonment. So if I'm looking at this from an objective perspective, it would be really easy for me to write this off and be like, that's crazy. They're getting up to go to the bathroom for two minutes. They're going to come back. They're not leaving you. This is not an abandonment situation. Like you're being, you're overreacting. And instead to just like sit with that part of myself for a moment and be like, oh, okay, there's a, there's a part of me that's really enjoying this like really beautiful, emotionally intimate space and also like physically intimate that we all get to like touch each other, which I'm very touch deprived these days. So yeah, there's, there's something that feels extra special about that. Um, but yeah, just really acknowledging and honoring and being with that part that like feels sad that this person is going to get up and leave for even if it's just two minutes. And I can sit here and laugh and say it's so ridiculous, but there's something, there's some very real, beautiful medicine and truth-telling in that feeling that came up. And so there's a difference, you'll notice, there's a difference between me believing it and saying, this person is abandoning me, they don't love me, they're never coming back, whatever it is, I have to be sad, all of this, letting the feeling control me, but rather just feeling that part that is feeling that thing. And again, it's typically with highly sensitive people that we tend to just like feel, 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 instead of discerning like, what is the part of me that is feeling this? So for me in that instance, it was the part of me that has felt some abandonment things. Not that I was abandoned by my caretakers growing up, thank God. That was not something that I had to experience. Um, But yeah, maybe there were like smaller instances of that which can often create at you know again as children children react very strongly to small things so maybe that was imprinted in me somewhere as a little kid i'm one of five children there wasn't always the attention that i needed to go around from just two parents it's a lot 
we learned to be very independent when I was a kid. We needed to. And so, yeah, as an adult, that shows up for me in really intense ways, in really intense ways. And I can have a reaction like, no, don't get up and go to the bathroom because I'm going to miss you too much. And like, I'm enjoying this rare, sacred opportunity to be emotionally close with someone. And I don't want to miss out on even two minutes of it. And to honor, again, without believing like, oh, this person is abandoning me, blah, blah, blah without believing that piece of it, but to just honor like, wow, there's some real wisdom and real beauty and real tenderness and real youth in this thing that I'm experiencing and this feeling that's coming up. And can I just be with that for a couple minutes and say like, oh, wow, the part of me that fears abandonment is feeling some scarcity right now. And like, ah, okay, that's okay. That makes a lot of sense. And it's all good. This person is coming back in two minutes. There's still lots of love available to me right now. There's lots of love available to me when they come back. There will always be love available to me. And to just parent ourselves into this. And I also use the word parent because oftentimes these are young parts. And when we're feeling highly sensitive, a lot of times it's something a feeling or feeling pattern that has come up many, many times repeatedly over the course of our entire lives since we were little kids. Not always, but to, again, just to learn to to parent that. And I also use that word because there's something about like birthing something from that feeling to to birth some wisdom or knowledge, some learning from whatever that feeling has to tell you. And even if that thing is just, oh, you can just sit with this feeling and feel this intense sensitivity, like, great, what a beautiful piece of wisdom. What a beautiful learning to have. Like, that might be it. So, and I I think also one of the reasons that sensitivity is challenging and it's interesting, I'll tell a brief, 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 brief side story. I'm telling a lot of side stories today, but... I had a friend whose birthday was in March this year. And for her birthday, she wanted her friends to... I thought this was such a beautiful idea. Oh my gosh, wait, my birthday's coming up soon. I'm going to steal this. Okay, I'm just making a note to myself that I'm going to do this. Um, (laughs) Oh, this is so great. Okay, for her birthday, what she wanted her friends to do, she like sent out a mass email to people and she said, I would love for you to send me a voice message uh, over text message or, or not over text message, over WhatsApp or like Facebook Messenger to send a voice message uh, answering some questions. And there were these like really good, really thoughtful questions. One of the questions was, if you got all of your exes in a room together, what do you think they would say about you? Like, what do you think they'd all agree on that of their experience of you? And so I answered this question. I told her, I think they would say that I'm a very sensitive person. And she responded to me and she said, you know, it's funny, all of the women who answered that question, they all said that. Every single one of them said, all of my ex-partners would tell me that I'm too sensitive or that I'm very sensitive. And and she said, I think that we can really learn to see our sensitivity as a gift and something that's really beautiful. And I was like, oh, fuck yeah. And it was it was really eye-opening as well um, that, again, this is something that so many people who are conditioned as women uh, are conditioned to believe that like they're too sensitive or the fact that they have feelings at all, it's like too much. Um, but the reason I say all of that is because I think that there is a tendency 
for those of us who are highly sensitive because we if we don't know how to be with those things we will often expect other people to try and be with them for us or we will find a way to make the thing that we're feeling about something else so for example when you're feeling frustrated that your partner didn't pick up their socks off the floor you know something really small it's really because we're feeling there's a part of us that's feeling really disrespected and our partner or whoever you know it's not just romantic relationships but in any connection it could be really easy for this person to say you're being so sensitive you're making such a big deal out of nothing whatever and Oftentimes that can happen when we don't know as highly sensitive beings how to be with the really challenging things that come up, even if they seem like they are overreactions, again, to just understand the part that is expressing that feeling and to really be inside of that feeling. And it usually only takes a moment, um, but to be with that and instead of projecting that feeling onto a separate issue, like maybe if you've ever read any kind of relationship self-help book type of thing they'll often say like the thing is not the thing and what they mean is you know when you're fighting about putting away the dishes that's typically not what you're really angry about typically you're really angry about not feeling respected or not feeling equal or having a sense that this person's gonna leave you or having a sense that um if things are not dramatic in your relationship then the love is not really love or because maybe that's the type of love you grew up with of having this intent, just feeling of volatility um, in in your close relationships, whatever, all kinds of things. So when we as highly sensitive beings learn to be with those things within ourselves, it doesn't become the responsibility of the other people in our worlds. And that's really valuable, not because we shouldn't be asking for help, because we should, but rather we are asking for help again with a sense of discernment of So instead of me throwing a fit over something that is not about the thing, when the thing is not the thing, instead I might say, wow, I'm feeling a really intense feeling and I'd actually love your help in just reminding me, if you could just tell me that I'm worthy, just tell me that I'm okay, tell me that I'm good, tell me that, just give me a little bit of reassurance. It's going back to like where I, when I asked in the collective unknown uh, this week about where in your life do you need the most reassurance? Like we can, when we get really discerning about that and we can really understand what those things are for us, it's like we don't need reassurance that our partner or that that our, that our partner is going to empty the dishwasher. We don't need reassurance that our friends want to hang out with us, whatever. We need reassurance that like we're okay, that we're worthy, that we're lovable. We do need that. And it's not the responsibility of other people, but rather it is our responsibility as individuals to understand what our needs are and to be able to give that to ourselves and to also ask for it when we need it and to discern when those two things are happening. Like when is this maybe more my responsibility, something I really can and should cultivate within myself? And when is it something that like it would feel really good, really nourishing to reach out for some help right now? I'm kind of getting more into the neediness topic, but as as sensitive people, it's something that should be developed, that can be developed. And and when I'm saying sensitive people, again, I'm speaking to all of us. We're all sensitive beings. We just learn to stop being sensitive. But I really just want to emphasize that like sensitivity is such a beautiful gift to be able to feel like, my gosh, no one lies on their deathbed and is like, I wish I didn't feel things as much. I wish I didn't care so much. about the world 
people definitely say they don't they wish they hadn't cared about what other people thought of them but that's not that's not sensitivity that's projection again that's projection when we think we're feeling what other people think of us that's a guess that's an assumption um but yeah it's it's so beautiful to feel it's like what else is the purpose of life what else but to love and to learn how to be inside that love and to really understand ourselves inside of it Mm, that's the juice that's the juice of the life people okay this feels complete to me hope it feels complete to you as always i love to talk about this stuff all day all night so uh if any thoughts musings ideas questions come up for you as you listen to this I'd love for you to reach out to me. You can reach out to me from my website. That's kylasw.com. And again, definitely check out The Collective Unknown. That's collectiveunknown.com. And the question, uh, at the time of this podcast getting released, the question will be available for three more days until Thursday, October 1st. And then on Thursday, October 1st, there will be the online gathering. And if you sign up on The Collective Unknown website, then you will find uh, all the information about that. All right, y'all. I love you so much. Thank you for being here with me. And uh, I will see you next week with the next episode. I love you.